Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Spark Your Fire. Um, we are going to do a slight different segment. I think everyone's getting so bored about Friday wraps now, mate. I think it's about time to change. And, uh, you know, I, I, I personally feel that with brilliant minds in this room, it's such a waste of talents if we just talk about every week what's being on the news. So, gents, you know what? This week, I think, you know, to have something different and I guess to prepare for ourselves for 2022 as well, uh, we're going to be talking about um, more of a business and mindset concept today uh, for change. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think, Jazz and John? When you said uh, everyone, I think you mean three of us. We are the ones who get bored. Oh, I can tell from your face when we're, <laughs> when we're doing that, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, I think something changes always nice. Don't you guys think? Change is always good. The only thing constant is change. So change it. That's very true. Uh, John? Let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's uh, talk about principles today. I think principles and yeah, it's, it's going to be very different, but I think, you know, we can, it's funny enough when we, when we look at these things, we can always tie them back into investing and philosophies and, you know, there's uh, look at it. I think it's success leaves trails. Let's put it that way, you know, in, in a sense. And, and you can apply that to many facets in life, not just business, but investments as well. And I think today, you know, our, our main key, person or the, the 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 video that we we just all watched before was actually about Elon Musk uh, you know one of my very admiring idol um, and probably the smartest guy at the moment on, on earth to a degree he's came out and shared a uh, obviously about his his um his his journey a little bit We've kind of summarized three key principles that we want to touch on and discuss today. Um, and we'll tie that back into investments and philosophies in, in general as well. So the three key principles that we will be discussing, number one is talking about how to approach about mistakes, which I think is a very common concept. Uh, you know, people are, or we being educated and taught when we grew up in the school system try to get 100% on everything. So that kind of, that mentality kind of disincentivizes, say, if you make mistake, then it's a bad thing. I think that's how we've all been taught when we grew up. At least that's how I thought I've been taught when I grew up. If I get 100%, oh, well, fantastic. I'm on top of the world. But if I get like a 50 or 60%, uh, get ready for a beat up when you go home, mate, seriously. Like, <laughs> how did you get that kind of crap figure, right? So that kind of disincentivizes to say, you know, uh, the, the, the concept and philosophy towards making mistakes and, and failures in our society is a bad thing. But in reality, is it actually a bad thing? I guess is, is, is the question, right? And Elon Musk talks about starting out, you know, his, his new Tesla, his, his SpaceX, all that kind of stuff. He talks about failures the whole time. Um, and he's learning out of it is, don't treat mistakes as something that, um, that you should be afraid of. Embrace the mistakes. Embrace the mistakes because that's where when you try out new things, you're always going to be learning and you will make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Like all three of us still make mistakes every day, but um, embrace it. And that's how we can make improvements. So I think that's the first principle and the first, first point that I'll, I'll, I guess I want to touch on. Um, and that's my, I guess that's my takeaway in terms of that, um, uh, from that video uh, on that, on how Elon Musk have approached mistakes and failures. Um, and I know I 
talk too much. I'm sorry if I t- if I just hold on to the microphone too. I now need to pass around the microphone to to Jazz and John. Um, I'm, I'm sure they've got a lot more value than me to to talk about this. But yeah, gents, what do you guys think about this uh, embracing this date concept? I think I think you uh, when you mentioned the thing when uh, David that when we are in school. Hmm. Uh, we're always taught not to make mistakes or avoid mistakes, right? I think, I think that mindset doesn't really work in real life, especially when you are trying to do new things. New things are always experiments, right? And experiments are meant to fail, which means there will be a lot of mistakes that will happen, right? Either you stop exploring new things, uh, which is follow the status quo, or if you are going to uh, try something new and push the boundaries, then there will be mistakes. So it is important to understand that making mistakes is actually, or a failure itself is, failure is not failure. Failure is experience. Every time you fail, you learn something. Failure is learning. I think just the word failure is looked at it uh, at in a very negative way, whereas it actually is all about learning. Every time you fail, you learn something new, right? Uh, that's how it should be looked at. And I think Elon's point is when you are, young, it's worth trying new things uh, and making mistakes so you can push the boundaries and try and make the world a better place. Yeah, yeah. the mistakes is a, like it really, it's, a, it's the first uh, part of the video. So um, he, he says exactly what you said though, uh, Jazz, uh, which is that if you're not making mistakes, either one of two things is happening. Um, the first thing is you're probably not doing anything that's particularly exciting. So you're not, so if you want to innovate, you've got to um, risk making mistakes Um, or you're not growing. So you're either not changing anything or you're not growing if you're not making mistakes. So that's a really interesting, um, that's an interesting perspective. Actually reminds me of, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, you know how he's, he's an education guy and he's, he's, um, always saying that, you know, how does, a, how does a baby learn to walk? A baby learns to walk by taking a few steps and falling over. And you don't say to the baby, you stupid baby, you, you, you fell over, you made a mistake. Like the, the, the falling over is how the baby learns and just repeating that process over and over again. Um, so, so mistakes are right. And you're right about our education system as well. Our education system... Um, is, is quite binary like that. It's about, um, you know, get, getting things right and, and so on. Whereas uh, to be an entrepreneur, you, you need to risk uh, making mistakes. But the one thing that Elon Musk says about mistakes is also that um, he, he says, look, we're all going to make mistakes. If you, if you take the successful business person and the unsuccessful business person, they're both making mistakes. So mistakes aren't the key differenti- differentiator. What does differentiate um, the successful entrepreneur and the unsuccessful entrepreneur is that the successful entrepreneur will acknowledge the mistakes and correct them quickly. So it's not just that you recognize that you made a mistake, but that you correct it quickly. Whereas the unsuccessful entrepreneur will deny that he's made a mistake and keep cracking on with the same thing. It reminds me of um, uh, something that they said about John Howard. They said John Howard made every mistake, but he only ever made them once. Um so that, that might be an interesting way to, to, to kind of end on that note. But, um, oh, actually, one other, one other thing that keeps coming up, and it's first mentioned when he talks about risk-taking, sorry, mistakes, is he says he takes a, a physics approach to um, 
to failure. So he's constantly, he doesn't assume anything. He is constantly questioning himself. So he says it's because he studied physics at school where he's constantly um, questioning his own assumptions and, and therefore is open to everything he's doing being a mistake. So he's re- really not set in his ways at all. I thought it was such an interesting point. Mm-hmm. Always look at things from first principles. Yeah. I think that's the key message that he's trying to pass. Yeah. And if you tie back, I mean, uh, we all have been through the investment journey, uh, different levels, uh, different types. Uh, I don't think any one of us can say that we haven't made any mistakes while we were going through that process. And if we say, and if we're saying that, then probably we haven't done enough, to be honest. So there's always going to be mistakes. That's the reality. Uh, so if you tie it back into investing, um, one is procrastination. You can keep procrastinating that, uh, you know, if I do this, this is going to happen. This can go wrong. That can go wrong. Yada, yada, yada. But um, in reality, yes, something will always go wrong. Uh, as long as you can understand the level of risk that's involved with it and the level of damage that's going to happen, it's always worth taking the risk. Uh, and in that risk journey is the failure that the risk is that you'll fail, but you'll learn something and then you'll try it better next time. Yeah, I think you summarized perfectly. Oh, John. Sorry, John was saying something. No, no, no. I did it again. Uh, interestingly, um, the biggest regret that people have when they talk about investing, so we're tying it into investing now as you did, is that they didn't invest early enough or they didn't invest big enough. Um, and we'll talk about risk a little bit later, but, but in terms of like failure and mistakes, most people in an investing context think that their biggest mistake was not doing it early enough. Uh, yeah. So I think that that's interesting as well. And not going hard enough. Basically. Yeah. It's not, yeah, just specific, being it's not specific about anything related to the actual investment they bought, for example, but you know, it, it's actually about not taking action uh, in, 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 that, in that sense being looked at as, as the biggest mistake. So mm. Mm. that's very interesting. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, look, I think I totally agree. I think, you know, for, it's funny enough when we look back, right? Like business and mind, a business mindset and investor mindsets are somewhat very, very similar. There's definitely a lot of overlaps here uh, in that sense. Um, and, you know, even as investors, you know, yes, you know, we make various mistakes throughout our investment property journey and we learn from it. And then next time, you know, we correct and we make sure that we do a better, we, we learn from that mistake and we, we pick a better, whether that's picking a better asset, whether that's a lot more due diligence that needs to be required. Um, yeah, it's in time to make sure that we correct it and we don't make the same mistake. So it's not, it's not about failing or, you know, uh, afraid to be making mistakes, but more about, sure, okay, well, I learned from it, but what can I do next time not to make the same mistake again? So I think that would be the mentor approach and the concept that people need to be, um, yeah, approaching this, uh, this concept instead. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, <clears throat> so moving on, I'm going to, I mentioned this time, I'm going to hand the plate around <clears throat> just so that each of us has got a first dip in terms of each of the concepts. Jazz, would you like to take the next topic? Uh, I hate you, David. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. Um, the next one is signal versus signal versus noise. From Elon's point of view, how to figure out what is really a noise and what is really a signal. Uh, 
I'm keen to say a lot about it, but David, I'll let you get started. <laughs> <on this one. laughs> All right. You want to turn it? Actually, why don't we? Okay, maybe John's got. John, do you want to give it a try? Yeah, I think the I think the point of his second point here is about signal versus noise is to focus on what's important. Mm-hmm. Um, he he gives his own example in in the Tesla case, and his example is that. Um, in, in the case of Tesla, they don't spend any money on advertising and marketing. Um, all, the, all the profits, all the capital that they get from investors, they plow into product development because he sees that as the signal, whereas the advertising is the noise. And, um, and uh, I, I think there's, a, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a lot to, to be said. Now, if we think of, of investing, um, signal versus noise is another important concept of like, you know, just deciding what's important. It might be from a real estate perspective, knowing when cash flow is important and knowing when capital growth is important, um, knowing um, what attributes of the the property is important, uh, location versus layout and floor plan and those sorts of things. Uh, So I think, I think, you know, um, there's a lot of stimuli in our brains. There's a lot, a lot of stuff going on, and um, knowing what to filter out that's unimportant is 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 really important. So, for example, you know we're we're bombarded with noise every day, um, but should that derail you getting involved in the property market? Because there's there's going to be endless speculation that we're at the top or the bottom of a property market, and maybe that's completely irrelevant because what you have to do as an investor and where your family's at might be completely different to where that whoever whatever journalist wrote that article so yeah make sure you you understand what's important and just filter out the noise because there's always going to be noise now who do I who do I throw it back to am I throwing it back to jazz or david i'm the host right now okay sorry david <laughs> 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 I thought you want to take it back. Okay. All right. <laughs> All good. Yeah. Look, I think John, you know, you summarize that perfectly again. Um, yeah, it is, it is deciding what's important um, in, in what you're trying to achieve. And I think the important, the, 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 if I can tie back this concept with the overall goal of what people are trying to do, because I think ultimately this, this actually has a very important uh, um this is an important concept that ties to how important your goal is and how big your goal is. And, you know, to use Elon Musk's concept, you know, he, when he was building Tesla, the ultimate goal is to build that EV vehicle that's going to be able to drive itself and self-sustain and and everything, right? Like without, with very little interference and, and all that kind of stuff. The, his ultimate goal is not to make Tesla the biggest company on earth or anything like that. It's to actually, to make that perfect product for consumers and for a better future in that sense. That's his key objectives. And on the, on the path, you know, you know, he focuses on how to further improve the product itself rather than having to market or think about how to, how do we bring in more revenue for Tesla, for example, because he knows that if the product itself is good and is excellent, then there will be, there will be revenues coming in. People will be buying this product. So it's about, basically perfecting the actual product itself rather than thinking about how can we make more money from the company instead. So that's an important concept here uh, that I thought. And, you know, and, and again, it ties back all to the goals because the goal is not about making more money, but the goal is about creating a better future for humanity um, you know, with, with EV vehicles. 
that's the whole reason why he's talking about how do you how you meant to be filtering the signal from the noise. Tying back to John and what we're saying, you know, before if, if, if investing in property, it's the same concept. You think about what is the ultimate goal you're trying to achieve? I'm trying to build a property portfolio that's going to be able to give me the cash flow for my retirement, for example. Okay, well, once you work out the goal, then what's going to be important is how you're going to get there. What do you need to do to get there in that instance, right? If your goal is big enough, then you'll actually find a way to actually make it happen because it's you're so strongly willed to say, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to have to hit this kind of what whatever that cash flow figure is, your retirement goal is. Um, and, and, and basically, yeah, like, disregard whatever's on the media that's been talking about, right? Like, yes, there were always going to be clickbait articles, say, you know, this economist is predicting another 30% crash in Sydney market or whatever. But then again, does that really matter in your grand scheme of things? You know, you just got to focus on doing what you need to do to build your foundation blocks leading up to your end goal, which is building that property portfolio and, you know, keep buying properties, keep perfecting them, keep increasing cash flow, keep adding value, then in essence, you're another step closer to getting towards that investment goal that you have set for yourself. So that's the way I interpret this signal versus noise. It's, it's, it's all about doing what's really going to matter to take you closer to what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. A great example comes to mind um, when we talk about signal versus noise. I think it's one of the most probably important points. Um, Back in the days when there used to be, or if there is still any of the stores left of Blockbuster, if anyone remembers that, right? Um, obviously, it was a very uh, popular retail joint to buy all your movies that you want to or borrow. Blockbuster went out of business because of probably Netflix and the likes of Amazon Prime, right? Um, and it's not that they didn't see Netflix. They did see Netflix, but at the time when they were they, when they looked at Netflix and they did, did had the option and the money to buy Netflix, they ended up going the route of installing uh, candy stores or candy aisles in their stores. So the amount of money that they probably spent on those candy aisles in all the stores that they had at the time was more than probably the cost of Netflix to to uh, was more than what it was going to cost them to buy Netflix, right? So there's your signal versus versus noise, right? They couldn't figure out what the signal was and what the noise was. They probably saw other competitors looking at what they are doing, installing this this stuff and all, and they missed the opportunity completely uh, because of that mindset and uh, not being able to take out the noise completely and look at, you know what, the future is headed towards tech, which is Netflix. People are going to be watching... uh, videos through their apps on, on phones or whatever device. Uh, and they totally failed on that. And and the business, uh, and they are a business basically, yeah, more or less. Maybe a bad example, but just comes to mind. No, no, it's, it's a good one. Like it's it's the blockbuster couldn't see the wood for the trees. They, they were so bogged down in their own uh, ecosystem that they couldn't see what was, that the whole market was moving. And so when, you know, when they said, uh, you know, these guys are eating your lunch, they go, oh, candy, uh, candy aisles, where it's like, no, 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 you've got to rethink the whole thing. And because there were too many things to think about, too many things to, they just navel gazed. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, in, in when running a business, they always say do the things that make you money first. And that's just a way of avoiding um, avoiding doing uh, petty things, you know, like a, you should call the prospect rather than, you know, do your accounting uh, debits and credits or something like that, you know. So, yeah, it, they're great. It's a great point. Mm-hmm. Same concept with, I think, Nokia, isn't it? And smartphones, basically. Again, yeah, signal yeah. loss noise, right? They yeah. were bogged down in their ecosystem of Nokia. Yeah, that's this is what we do. But they didn't see the signal that touch screens or the the smartphones, the whole direction was changing. So, mm. it's, yeah, there's heaps of examples. Definitely. Definitely. All right. That's good. Um, which then, I guess, leads us to the third discussion point. And, um, you know, we, we've, I passed the bat to, to Jazz now. This time we'll let John improvise for the first time. Yeah. I'll hand it over to you. So the third point was about uh, taking risk. And I, so he, he was, we can come back to me, but he was sort of saying that uh, people assume that he's a big risk taker because he's a very successful entrepreneur. But he, he also, he said that he is paralyzed by fear. He said, quote, I fear, feel fear quite strongly. So I think his point, and I'll throw it over to you guys, I think his point is to say, don't see risk as worse than it is. And don't see risk as too little. Like you have to have a sharp perspective on what the real risks are. Um, maybe it, it includes blocking out the noise that we talked about in the second point. But um, yeah, risk is a really interesting thing, and that definitely ties into investing. So I'm going to throw it over to you guys, uh, David. You can go. What, what are your thoughts on seeing risk as it is and not as you want it to be? Yeah, sure. So. I think it comes down to uh, so everyone. Everyone has a different risk appetite. At the end of the day, um, the way I understand and interpret the based on his video um, is that people tend to be too conservative when it comes to risk. You know, you kind of have to assess the worst case scenario to a degree. Um, and I think from memory, his uh, his his advice was: if you're today, if you're if you're young, if you're in your twenties, if you're not committed to you know um, a, a serious relationship, you don't have kids, you don't have a mortgage, there's nothing to lose. There's absolutely nothing to lose. What would be the worst case that you could do, right? Like you'll be able to make money very easily, um, and you'll be able to get back onto your feet very easily. And you know that's the golden time in terms of taking risk. Uh, and, and funny enough, I just had this conversation with another client uh, literally about earlier this morning. You know, he was asking me, oh, do, you, do you recommend, you know, for me to build this property portfolio? And he was in his 20s, late 20s and very conservative guy, you know, obviously wanting to make sure that he crunches numbers, stress tests, all that kind of stuff. I said, look, you know, it, it reminded me of the video. And so I asked him, what do you think could go wrong? in this case, right? In your scenario, what do you think could go wrong? Um, um, and you say, well, look, you know, raising interest rates, all that kind of stuff. So I won't be able to afford repayment in a case. I say, well, okay, there's always going to be mitigations against that, right? Like you're not, you're going to be saving up in the next few years. You're not going to be, you know, like at the moment, you're not going to have kids. You're going to plan for that. You're done, you know, you're, you're not going to get yourself into a home. Um, that's all going to take time. And, um, you know, you're on a good income. So, you know, what, what, what are you afraid of, basically? What are you afraid of in that, in that sense? So, uh, you know, I think it, it all ties in back about this taking, taking risk uh, at the end of the day. 
we all took a risk when we made certain investment decisions about buying asset class, whether that's cryptocurrency, whether that's shares, whether that's property, and there's no guarantee. Again, there is absolutely no guarantee that there will be a great return. No one can guarantee you that. It's all based on your own due diligence. But if you don't take risk, then there's no reward. Like I said, risk and reward comes in proportion. The bigger the risk it is, the potential better reward. But again, you need to make sure that you, you, you take mitigants around that. So plan on a worst case basis. What could happen? What could really go wrong? Make sure like, you know, I think Jazz, we've always been talking about if you're buying cryptocurrency, don't sink everything in, you know, just put a small portion of your, you know, because it's volatility, right? So at the end of the day, you, you need to, you, you're the one that understands your own finances better. You're the one that understands your own risk appetite the best. Um, do, do what you can push up to you yourself and, but, you know, like leave whatever mitigants, whether that's savings um, amount available, you know, liquidity in this instance um, available just so that you can, you can actually take that risk because ultimately people tend to find that <clears throat> by taking risks, you will get a much better return. Like John was saying initially, when we're talking about first point, we all wish we went harder and faster when we initially acquired the property portfolio, knowing where we are today. So. And the, the, the reason for that is that in the rear vision mirror, the risks look much, much smaller. Exactly. And that's because all the risks are absolutely known. There are no uncertainties when you look backwards. And that's why it looks completely safe to say, I wish I invested more in real estate 15 years ago. So, of course, there's no risk when you look backwards. Jazz. So it's, that's, that's another interesting one, taking risk. Two weeks ago, my son asked me a question, came back from school, straight after school, gets home, and he goes, Dad, should you be thinking outside the box or inside the box? I'm like, I don't know where he got that question from, but probably maybe something at school, whatever he learned that day or whatever it was, right? And my answer obviously was outside of being mean, so that's just being mean, uh, that outside the box, never inside the box. Uh, this ties back straight into taking risk. If the answer would have been taking, uh, sorry, uh, stay inside the box, don't challenge the status quo, then don't take risk. You should never take risk because then everything is known. If you're in the box, everything is known what's in the box, right? But uh, when you start thinking outside the box or start punching a few walls, uh, something will pop out. And uh, that means there will be some level of risk. But again, uh, if you want to, um, change the world for a, for a, for a better, then uh, you'll have to take some risk, right? And goes same back for the investing, right? When we when we talk about investing, especially in property, we talk about you know what? Uh, don't just invest in your own backyard. Go and look at other states. So that is not taking risk. That's directly going back into taking risk, right? So it's always safe to invest in your own backyard wherever you live. Buy in the same suburb may not be the best investment, but you're not taking that much risk because you know the area probably well than all the other areas in the country. Uh, but there may be a better opportunity somewhere and there will be a level of risk. And the risk is either finding the right person who can help you with the property or uh, making sure that you cover all the risks that are involved with it in searching the property. I mean, if you, if you wanna um, innovate, if you want to experiment, that's risk, taking risk. So take risk, especially when you're young. In your 20s, what's there to lose? Nothing, nothing at all. Right. Uh, 
especially in country like this, where, where there's heaps of job opportunities and all that stuff, right? Uh, uh, what's come worse, if you're single in your 20s, you can go and live at the beach. That's still good life. Enjoy the sun in the morning, see the water, uh, prime location you're sleeping at. So nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And that's your life, Chance. <laughs> you, still, you still feel like the 20s at the moment, don't you? <laughs> go hard or go home. <laughs> I, I've got two boys, so that's just the <laughs> Um, I think there's, there's, certainly, there's certainly more risk in being an entrepreneur. So someone like Elon Musk mm-hmm. is trying to conceptualize space travel, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, That's very different to so, sort of investing in real estate. And real estate is what, the, you know, the, the, the oldest asset on the planet, really, uh, whereas space travel is extremely new. So um, th- that's why getting his insights into to risk are fantastic because he's the guy who, I mean, he even said in the, in, in the clip that, um, he when he started SpaceX, he thought the odds of success were less than ten percent, but he still did it because he thought it was meaningful. But at least he knew that the odds were less than ten percent. This is the other thing: is like he didn't go into thinking that his odds of success would be seventy percent. He thought it would be quite low, mm-hmm. and so he would have adjusted his capital structure around that. Same with Tesla, I think. Yeah, well, when he started if you, it. If you if you think about the guy made, I think it was roughly about I don't know the figures on me, but from memory, it was about 170, 180 million. Uh, by selling PayPal. With mm. that money, he started three companies, SpaceX, Tesla, and uh, Solar, right? 170 million does sound a lot of money, but when you're opening up a whole new car industry, right, and launching rocket at the same time, 170 million, 170 million is probably worth uh, not even $170,000, making it relevant to everyday mm. life, right? So that is taking risk. He put all his capital uh, on risk. And uh, from memory, I think he mentioned it somewhere that he actually had to borrow money to live on rent after that. And he was at a point in his life where all the three companies were suffering and uh, he was at a deciding factor. Uh, sorry, it was a deciding point that does he, whatever with whatever capital he has left, does he puts it, does he splits into three? Or puts into one and let the other two let the other two die. Now Elon is Elon. He went with all three and he made all three successful. But not everyone has got that appetite of risk or that level of mindset, especially. Yeah. So mm. he's yeah. But point is, um, for a average person like us, take risk. Yeah. There's there's a um. You always got a sixty k job somewhere. I admin job too entered to do, to do data entry so <laughs> they're going offshore nowadays chess sorry to, sorry to let you know <laughs> that's good i've got dual citizenship <laughs> there's there's actually there's an anthony robbins quote that, that this reminds me of and he, he says uh see things as they are not worse than they are um which is great and so let's t- tying that into real estate as, as we've already done um when people get paralyzed with fear about buying real estate. I, I get it. We're talking about leverage. We're talking big numbers usually. However, um, real estate goes up 80% of the time. And when it corrects, it doesn't. It typically doesn't correct a lot. Now, I think that the reason people get nervous is they want to make money in real estate the first year they buy it. But making money in real estate might take a couple of years of doing nothing or, or going sideways. And so um, 
but it's a relatively low risk asset because it's still ultimately accommodation. It's it's land. It's uh, a physical, tangible asset, and it's not IP. So you're not taking risk in in um, space travel or anything like that. It's it's a physical asset that someone's going to use at some price. You just have to figure out what that is. Um, so yeah, d- d- you know, for all those aspiring property investors. Um, you know, go for it, figure out what your risk tolerance is, figure out what your objectives are, but don't see it as riskier than it was in the 50s or the 40s or the 70s or all, all this period of time. You, I think I think actually what might be more, more valuable is to figure out what your investment time horizon is. Uh, so if you're investing for 20 years, that's probably a bigger question than when do you in, when do you invest? I think for how long is probably a more important question. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, John. I think, yeah, people keep forgetting about the investment horizon because they expect, especially in the current society, right? Like we're seeing when we're hearing and we're seeing these things on the news, crypto has just made another, what, 100, 200, 300% return in such a short period of time. People started to get into that kind of mentality, say, mm-hmm. well, I'm expecting to see similar um, in other asset classes. But no, it's different. You know, when we talk about it's kind of things, a different asset classes, different type of, risk and therefore different type of return. Property is a relatively low risk type of asset portfolio. So you're going to have a longer 10 to 20 years, kind of even 10 years, I think is a short time frame for property, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, realistically, I think you only started making money from year 10 onwards. Yeah. That, and that's where it started compounding very yep. strongly. So from year 10 to year 20, that's where it really exponentially grow. Um, whereas, you know, using the other, con- the other side of the coin, uh, crypto is completely different. You know, you could be getting in, if you cut in the right time and if you get out in the right time, you could be 300, 400 times your, your, your money potentially, potentially. Mm. But again, it comes with a big risk as well. So just different appetite, but do something. I guess the key message there is do something um, is better than, action is better than action, John. I think that um, I remember a mate who was going to start a business said, oh, you know, put the business plan in front of me and said, John, what do you think? And when people are looking at risks, I think they're always looking in the wrong direction because my answer to him was the biggest risk is you. You're the big, and if you're a budding property investor, you're the biggest risk. If you're about to start a business, you're the biggest risk. Um, you know, if you're going to get into crypto, the biggest, the risk isn't Bitcoin, the, bis- the risk is you. Um, so um, the reason Elon Musk can uh, create a, a business called SpaceX is because he as an entrepreneur um, is so competent that his risks are, are minimized that way. So I think what we, what we need to do is stop looking at external factors as the risk, um, will there be a pandemic or a war, and, and look at ourselves as the key risk. And once you can mitigate that risk, then you'll probably be successful. That's, that's a really good point, actually. Um, risk analyzing is person to person, right? What may look like a risk to me uh, will not be a risk for you or John, right? Uh, so it's it's risk is in the eyes of the person. If one of us were to try and start Tesla, it's, it's uh, I think we will definitely just procrastinate and leave it. But for him, uh, risk was in his mind. He was fearful, obviously, that a lot of things can go wrong and what are those possible things but uh, again analyzing the risk is another thing right so he obviously did his job properly on that no very good very good uh anything else we want to add on that no 
I just remember this is a lawn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, all right. So I think uh, that would be a special episode, uh, I reckon. I think that would pretty much summarize uh, very good those three points. And, um, you know, I'm sure I think, Jazz, now that we tried it, we, we, should, we probably will put a bit more of these type of contents. If people like it, we'll put a bit more contents like these in 2022 as well. Um, I think it's a good mix with our um, Friday segments, don't you mm-hmm. guys think? Sounds like a plan. Mm. All right. Um, and I think uh, for next week, we are going to be our last episode for the year. And uh, traditionally, what we always do is we will play back what our predictions well we actually did predictions last year all three of us so we'll play back that predictions and uh you know we'll, we'll basically have a bit of a laugh and a bit of crack to say how wrong we are <laughs> or how right we are let's see <laughs> and um and then we'll also um uh leave 2021 with uh with a bit of forward prediction on 2022 i reckon that'd be a good way to finish the year mm-hmm. to the listeners uh there was not much uh investment stuff anyways but none, none of this is financial or investment advice uh do your own research like always buy safe stay safe don't over leverage and we will see you guys next friday cheers john jason david